Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And today I am joined by a previous guest of the show, Mr. Jared Grizzly Simmons, and first time guest, Uros Medic, not to be confused with Eros Medic, the doctor of love. Anywho, Uros is in Las Vegas preparing for a fight on Dana White's Contender Series on Tuesday, August 4th. The fight will be streaming on ESPN+, and the goal of the series is to win a UFC contract. The UFC, of course, is the ultimate fighting championship. Uros is an Anchorage-based fighter by way of Serbia, and on this episode, we break down where he came from as well as where he's going. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave a review. And if you really like what you hear, there is a PayPal link on the SoundCloud wall. If not, no stress at all. I'd like to thank my supporters. Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive, behind Save You More. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, theironasylumgymak.com. The gym is open 24 hours a day. Personally, I like going in the morning when it's mostly empty, but it's summer in Alaska, so pretty much all day is morning. Call 907-953-4720 for more information. And if you hear any noise in the background, that is young Oliver hanging out with dad first thing in the morning. All right, next supporter, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of Hashade, blueberry Hashade, and now strawberry Hashade. They also make canna caps, honey sticks, peanut butter, which, by the way, is bought directly from the farmer in Canada. All right, they carry flour and concentrates, including decarb oil and cartridges. And because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, nobody can beat their prices. They also stock edibles from Lady Grey and Creative Confections. They also, by the way, stock Alaskan-made Frontier CBD. So be sure to ask your bud tender for any suggestions they have regarding flour or concentrates that are in store at the moment. You can also check their website, redbrandcannabiscompany.com, for more information and weed maps for their current menu. Hashade and other Red Run products are available at finer dispensaries in the great state of Alaska. 5150 Vapes, located in the heart of Soldatna, they are your home for American-made CBD vape products with over 240 flavors of juice to choose from. They carry coils, mods, and really any other thing you could possibly need for vaping. 10th Plan is Soldatna, located at All-American Training Center. Classes start at 7 p.m. Kids' classes run concurrent to adults and run till about 8.30. Adult classes are taught by 10th Plan Black Belt and Kenai native Curtis Hembroff, and the kids' classes are taught by 10th Plan Purple Belt Priscilla Hembroff. No, it's not a coinkadink. Those two are married. All right, AK-49 Martial Arts as well as a sponsor of this podcast slash supporter. It's called Supporter. I like Supporter. AK-49 Martial Arts slash Bang Muay Thai slash Mountain Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu located in the Peninsula Center Mall. Kids BMT starts at 5, adults at 6, and coaches include BMT Brown Belt self, uh, self Seth Stacy. All right, Seth Stacy is a brown belt in Bang Muay Thai under the one and only Dwayne Ludwig, as well as classes being taught by the AFC's 135 champ, 
Mr. Victor Rodriguez. For more information about their current schedule, check out AK-49 Martial Arts on Facebook and at AK-49 Martial Arts on Instagram. us at dinner nice nice how was dinner oh well well yeah you got to see what we're doing we're eating clean but eating good oh that looks looks, yeah that looks clean that looks real real clean and think like after uh after what is it the fourth you can eat whatever you want you're in vegas you can eat everything pretty much oh my god your host is definitely going to take advantage of that one when it actually happens. As you should. As you absolutely should. How you doing, Killer? Pretty good. How you doing? I am wonderful. I am wonderful. So um, for those of you uh, at home or in your car listening to this, wherever you are listening to it, we are live over Zoom with a uh, previous guest of the show, uh, Jared Grizzly Simmons, the man with more ring time than anyone else in the great state of Alaska. And, uh, and he is in Las Vegas right now preparing for a fight, not himself, but uh, one of the athletes that he works with on uh, Dana White's Contender Series. Jared, how are you doing, man? Not too bad, amigo. All right, who are you with? Well, right now I'm here with Juros Medic. I'll let him introduce himself. This is the doctor right here. Okay, so my name is Urosh, and uh, my last name is Medic. I live in Anchorage. Uh, I'm a fighter. I fight out of Anchorage Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I've been with them for about four and a half years. I've been in Alaska for about five years. I come out of Serbia. I was born and raised there. Okay. So Serbia is a long way away from Alaska. It certainly is. How did you end up in Anchorage? So it was an opportunity through college, a student exchange program, and then through the sport and, and me wanting to teach and fight uh, with the help of um, immigration lawyers, I stayed. That's pretty much in a nutshell. So what brought you to Anchorage for school then? So it's a summer exchange. Uh, It's called work and travel. That's kind of how I got here. And then from there, the rest is history. I've been fighting. I'm a state champion in grappling. Um, I'm undefeated in professional MMA. And we're planning on keeping it that way on August 4th. Um, I'm a step away from UFC contract and that's potentially gonna change my life for better and uh, life of my coaches. So that's kind of the plan for now. So how did you end up training at ABJJ? I spoke to uh, one of the guys that I actually met in Jared's gym, uh, John Ray, and uh, he recommended the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym because uh, I was asking him about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So he said, uh, go check out Anchorage Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So that's what I did. And ever since then, I've been with them. Shout out to Professor Ryder. 
Shout out to John Ray. He's a bad man with the hands. Yes, he uh -huh. is. Good old John Ray. Oh, man. Yeah. So were you training in Serbia prior to uh, coming to the United States? Mm-hmm. Actually was. I was a fighter there, amateur fighter. I was a champion of Serbia. Third on European Championship in K1. Third on World Cup. And some other smaller promotions that I fought. So, yeah, I've been fighting for a hot minute. How was the transition from uh, K1, which for those who, who may be aware, maybe not be aware, uh, kickboxing, uh, how was that transition from, from European kickboxing uh, to mixed martial arts in the United States? So it was a little bit of adjustment uh, just because of change of some, um, some small things such as stance and uh, having to worry about wrestlers and wrestling since that was not very uh, – familiar to me so um there's been definitely a little bit of adjustment and i worked on it quite a bit with all the coaches and pretty much everybody i could work with i would try to get as much information i can to get my game on the level right so i went to other gyms i've seen uh i worked with uh coach david he's an olympian in alaska boxing gym um um, I worked with him on some boxing. I worked with Jared on some striking. I worked with Professor Ryder and other professors in Anchorage Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, one Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I worked with um, Mark, uh, that's a coach in Anchorage Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on wrestling, him and Charlie. Um, I visited Legacy Jiu-Jitsu a couple times for some sparring. So I try to go around, meet people through the sport, um, leave a good impression, of course. Um, and uh, um, learn as much as I can and, and, and teach as much as I can. That's kind of what uh, has been working out for me so far and has brought me where I'm at today. Now, do you think that um, coaching as well as uh, training is something that has been helpful for you as an athlete to, to better understand what you're doing and what you're, where you're going? That's 100%. Um, so I just by coaching somebody the little details, you can notice that you've been making some of the mistakes. And um, this is a never, never ending school. Like you, you can't learn fighting, right? It just improves. New generation comes over. They're faster. They're smarter. You know, the fight IQ is better. And there's internet, of course. Every day I, I see something new. And I can implement that in my game and game of the younger students. I teach kids boxing. Uh, I teach some striking. So I try to, you know, stay as active on both sides as a fighter and as a coach as much as I can. At this point of my career, I'm mainly focused on being a fighter just because I certainly want to be a professional fighter. And you can't do both at the same time. You know, I'm part partially a coach, but I'm definitely trying to be a full-time fighter just because I need a coach. I need somebody to tell me the stuff that I'm doing wrong, like Jared does, um, like Ryder does. Like, you know, I'm still learning a lot. So as I said, it's a, it's a never-ending school and, and never-ending process of learning. So when you're um, training with someone uh, like Coach Jared, who um, has spent a lot of time um, coaching as well as being a referee for the sport 
Um, how has that changed the way that you see a fight? So he certainly helped me see some of the mistakes that I've been making. No matter, I've been striking for quite a while. He has helped me implement some new things. And uh, so far, what I like the most is having my balance right. So no matter how much I commit to whatever I'm doing, I still have my composure and balance. And that's something we've been working on a lot. Because in a fight, as you get tired, um, you can't think as much and you can't do the right technique. So to having the practicing the technique and having that instant reflex where you don't have to think about stuff where it comes natural is what makes a fighter and what makes an athlete. Not just when it comes to fighting, I'm talking general, you know, even swimming, if you have the perfect technique like Michael Phelps, you know, the millisecond matters and that's when technique comes into play. So that's something we've been working on, and he's definitely helped me a lot. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference between uh, training in Europe versus training in the United States? Um, I'd say we had a lot uh, more and tougher sparring there, which is not necessarily always beneficial because when there's no fights, we've, used, we've been used to getting hit in the head for no reason right and that's something I changed uh, coming to United States and learning about it that when there's no fight there's no reason to really spar um, so that's what I changed and then um, attention to detail and science about fighting has on been on another level in United States I am definitely blown away by how much of a science United States as a country puts into the fighting as a sport, not just fighting. I'm sure they do it with every other sport, but in this scenario, we're talking about fighting. That's one of those, uh, one of those things that I've learned from uh, speaking to coaches. When you start talking about strategy and you talk about inside and outside movement and how those things are important, why your feet are, are planted a certain way when you're throwing a kick uh, why your hips move a certain way, why you, you might do something with your shoulder, why hand placement is so important. Um, the, the strategy that, that coaches develop was something that I didn't really understand until I got the opportunity to sit down and, and speak to guys who are coaches or referees like, uh, like Coach Seth uh, Stacy at BMT down here in Soldatna or yes. uh, Coach Simmons. Um, Coach Jared, I like you. Yeah, there's, there's definitely – a lot more to it than uh, than than the average fan would probably exactly think about them being it. tough. Punching, That's what it is. Being it's tough, it. yeah. Um, versus, well, it doesn't. It's not necessarily about who's the toughest. It's it's also about who has the best strategy, who has the the best technique and and uh, and speed. Uh, and exactly what matters. So, the thing that has changed and something that I very much appreciate is the sport is. Uh, started to be about longevity. It's not so much more about, oh, I'm going to be a fighter and be a world champion, right? No, it's I'm going to be a fighter and enjoy this journey of being a fighter for next 20 plus years, right? What it used to be is you're a fighter. After every fight, you're in hospital. No matter what, win or lose, you're going to hospital and your career is five to maximum seven years. And if you make it through those five or seven years, you made it, right? If you don't, you're stuck. Kind of, you gotta either, you know, 
have your own gym, open up your own gym, or do some other things, be a coach, or you can't be a fighter anymore, right? So things changing and science, so much science is involved that longevity of fighters is being a lot longer and better. So when you um, when you picked up the gloves, when when you decided that that you wanted to fight, who were some of the fighters that inspired you? So when I was younger, I used to watch Manny Pacquiao. He came out of nothing. Um, he made it all the way to the top. He got involved into politics. He's helping people. He's changing what he can. Um, he made made good things for his family, for himself, and all of that through the sport, commitment to the sport and love for the sport. So that's, I would say that that was the first person that comes to my mind when it comes to an athlete that um, I would look upon is Manny Pacquiao. Also a singer, by the way. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's, he's like, he's, he's marking things off the bucket list for like, if he, if he's at a point in his life where if he wants to do it, he's got the opportunity to do it. So he does it, whether it's, it's feeding the poor in his hometown or deciding that he wants to make a pop record. He can do that because he's done all of the other things. Very impressive. I didn't know that. Thank you for the information. I, I'm not saying he's a great singer. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <I'm... laughs> yeah, he's about Oscar De La Hoya's level of a singer. So, tell you what, I'm not surprised. I have, the first time I had opportunity to, to meet some of the um, um, people from Asia is here in America. And they actually do very much enjoy karaoke. And I did not know that. Growing <laughs> up in Serbia, I mostly grew up with just Serbians around me, like 99%, right? Maybe a little bit of Hungarians because we bordered with them on the north, which is where I grew up. And that was about it, which is about same culture, same food. Uh, language is not the same, but they still spoke quite a bit of Serbian. So, yeah, my, so that was one of the first things I've noticed because I do know a lot of Filipino people and I do know a lot of uh, Korean people and they do enjoy karaoke and regardless of whether they can sing or not and that's not something that I'm used to growing up in Serbia it's like if you don't know how to sing there's no way you should take a microphone in your hand and sing right everybody are going to be like what the hell is this person doing he can't sing why is he singing so yeah it's a little funny but I'm not surprised that Manny uh, took upon a uh, singing career we're going to have to go out karaoke. As you should. You're in Vegas. Um, which, which brings me to my next question. Not so much about Vegas. We'll, we'll get to Vegas and we'll get to the Contender Series in a minute. Um, but I, I'd like to know, what are some of the things that you miss about home? Mm. Like if you were to rattle off three things that you really miss about Serbia. That's a good question. Um, the number one thing would be my family. I'm here by myself. I it was a big change for me. Um, oh, here we go. It's a better light now. It was Thank a big change, change for me. Uh, just you know, moving. It, it wasn't really planned that I'm just gonna go and stay in the United States, right? It was more of I'm going to try to do some sports and see where it takes me. Maybe I won't even like United States, right? Turns out I really liked it. I uh, uh, my English got a lot better, and I met very cool people and. I joined the gym and I really started enjoying my time there. I got outdoor, um, started snowboarding. I do a lot of backcountry snowboarding. I do a lot of camping. Um, I'm a big mountain biker. I broke three helmets this summer only. 
So yeah, I need to be more careful when it comes to that, especially now coming into a career as a, as a fighter. So um, that's the number one thing would be my family, of course. I'd like to have them visit eventually. My dad is very big on nature and fishing, fly fishing. So it would be a dream come true for him coming up to Alaska to fish, right? I tell him like that. It's not like you have to fish. You just go pick up the fish from the water. You know, you can kick it out of the water pretty much. That's how it is sometimes, right? So anyways, um, second thing would be some of the cuisine. Like I, I do enjoy uh, to cook and, and Jared knows. Uh, I've been oh, cooking I've been here. Well, yeah. well down here. I really do enjoy, uh, enjoy to cook and I love to eat healthy and I do like to eat unhealthy sometimes as well. But uh, cuisine is some, some things that I am, uh, uh, missing and I didn't get a chance to visit some of the states like Illinois and maybe go to Chicago and they have a big Serbian population there and there's a lot of restaurants and stuff I just didn't get a chance to go there um, to visit and enjoy some of that food so that would be one of the things that I'm missing but probably um, pro that would be probably the, the last thing so the main thing would be the family and then some friends that I'm uh, missing and then the third thing would be some food but that's about it. Um, I, yeah, that's the, the only things I can think of that come up to my mind right now. Okay. So we're going to move on now to the contender, if you're comfortable talking about it. Certainly, yeah. How did this opportunity come about? Because this is a, a big opportunity for a fighter. Yes. So this is something we've been working on for uh, a good year like last year we wanted to go to contender series um the answer was no i needed another fight or two i needed to show a little bit more that i'm that caliber of a fighter right so i took no problem right i had another fight in the meantime i stopped the opponent i have five fights and five stoppages so all five fights i went by either uh, knockout or submission technical knockout whatever it was <clears throat> So my manager was working on getting me a fight. So either there was getting into the contender series and going straight to the UFC from there or getting another fight in different promotions or two and then going for a straight up UFC contract with like seven wins, seven stoppages. You know, that was kind of the idea, either or. So whatever comes first. So we were supposed to go to Canada and fight and that kind of fell through with the pandemic. We were supposed to go to lower 48. I was looking into having a fight on Hawaii. So it was all like, oh, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. In this game of fighting, there's a lot of things that kind of have to line up for you to make the fight happen, to, of course, win the fight and, and, and move forward with it without, of course, getting injured or um, uh, having a wrong matchup. Uh, in a different weight class because sometimes you even have to go into a weight class above just to get the matchup right so um as i said a lot of those things kind of needed to line up for me to to get where i'm at and and that happened where my manager was working on getting a contender series fight instead of going to canada or instead of going to lower 48 to to fight we got a chance to come up here to vegas and fight against uh Mikey Gonzalez, I believe. What weight class do you fight in? So I fought at 170 pounds so far, but we all knew that that's not my weight class as I walk around 75. But 
it was easy to get a fight, easier for me because I would be a smaller guy, so people would feel more confident going, getting into the cage with a smaller person in 170. Of course, I'm not, I'm six foot one, I'm not small or anything, but I feel like the, it was easier to get a fight than at 155, and I didn't see the reason for me to suffer and cut weight and have to worry about all that. And plan was when it comes to the tougher fights and tougher opponents and more serious things, we're going to go into lightweight, which is 155 pounds. And I currently walk around 66-ish, right? So from 75, I cleaned up my diet, kicked out the carbs for a minute, and I'm down to 66, 67. And uh, soon we're going to clean it up the last little bit of it and then cut the water out step on the scale and then refresh replenish reload and get ready to knock some heads off yeah he's been really disciplined with everything and been working with a really good person that's been setting up his diet well and uh has made it a pretty seamless uh, uh transition from 70 to 55 um and doing good he's actually even ahead of schedule from uh, what he needs to to actually get down there to the point where it makes him happy he actually gets to eat more so uh, he's been doing an excellent job on making the transition from 70 to 155. But just like he was saying, he wasn't a big 170-er either. He'd walk around at 175, you know, and he'd just have to take a shit and he'd be on the scales at 171, you know. And it wasn't very much to, to take him to get to that 170. That's one big shit. That was one big shit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at this point in your career, who that is actively on the roster do you think you match up well with at 155? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. So that, that's, uh, that's something it will be very hard to discuss with because let's say uh, things go as planned and I do get that first contract as um, UFC fighter, which is what I'm planning. Um, they wouldn't match me up with anybody that we know of, not at first, not through the whole first contract of four fights. I don't think so. They wouldn't let that happen no matter what the situation is because, first of all, we would have to talk about different contracts if I'm going to fight some names that are known, yeah. right? Because the first contract is not that well paid, uh, but I'm not in it for the money. I used to do this for free. This is all icing on the cake, and I am absolutely blown away with how well we are being taken oh care of gosh, here. Yeah. Uh, we're being taken care of like we're like like we're world champions. Yeah. Like we have won everything there is, from the limos on the airport to the drives to the hotels and 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 going to deliver the food and and having our own rooms, having the kitchen, having pretty much everything that we need. I got the supplements for free. They have been taking care of us from first minute they started talking to me. I had four or five different departments of UFC talk to me. So travel department, health department for for uh, doing some of the screening in Alaska. I mean, they spent probably close to $4,000 just in Alaska on me in the healthcare. So I needed to get my brain scan, MRI and MRA. I needed to uh, go through all, pretty much all of the health screening, blood tests, urine tests, uh, physical, everything. And, you know, the, I would just get a person on the phone, they would swipe the card, you know, and that's some of the things that help Alaskan economy too, you know, just for grand out of nowhere, just like that. It's not a huge amount of money, but it just 
brings me to the point what the sport brings in, right? Um, so now coming down here, uh, we had eye exam all scheduled for us. They just drop us off there. We do it. They pick us up. We have our own driver. And, and it's absolutely, I mean, through this pandemic where everything is on lockdown and half of the businesses are not working properly, these guys at UFC are making this happen. And it seems absolutely normal and easy. Like we're getting daily temperature checks. Um, anything we need, we've got a person to talk to. Noria has been amazing about everything pretty much. We're about to get our, uh, we already tested negative for COVID. So we now can get our tests. So Jared can fly back to Alaska with already a negative COVID test. And I'm going to retest again before, um, before the fight as Ryder and Matt are flying in. Uh, and then we're going to train a little more and get that weight cut down and be ready for the fight. Um, have you had the opportunity to, to see any footage on your opponent uh, to kind of study that? And Yes, we certainly did. Me and Jared have made a really good plan and we worked on it. We, um, we are both planning a, a knockout in our favor. Uh, we're going to knock him out. Um, there's a way that we came up with. And uh, if that goes through as we planned, it's going to be the history. Yeah. So, you guys will enjoy it. If, if he fights anything like what we've seen in previous footage, which normally people, you know, they have a program to themselves. They, they're pragmatic. There are certain things that cannot change. There are certain things that this guy does that, that leaves some some pretty good openings for for us to really exploit so it's going to be fun and it's going to be a lot of fireworks next tuesday so uh so jared as um as a coach as a referee as a fighter where does this stand is in in like list of accomplishments one of the best because you got to realize i'm right now like a, a kid on christmas every single day that i'm here because this is the first time i've ever dealt with the ufc you know other than going to events and meeting fighters and training with fighters i've never been involved with the promotion itself so this right here is right up there in the top we, we've been talking about it back and forth that this is just memories that will never never fade you know so we, we've been really happy we've done uh, our best to take as many pictures and videos and and catalog and and, uh, uh, and sit there and make sure that we have all this stuff down because this has just been an amazing experience. You know, I could sit here and talk for hours on how amazing it has been from the people to going to the PI to doing the stuff at the Apex. Um, it's been amazing. Plus also, you know, you know, get a, uh, sit there and meet a, a bunch of different people. You know, like today just, you know, met Kevin Lee, uh, Jessica I, uh, Brett Okamoto, Donald Cerrone, all these different type of people that were all there at the PI when we were training today. Uh, we also met the gentleman that's fighting Chris Weidman, not this weekend, but next weekend. He's a great guy from Dagestan. We had fun talking with him. So we, we, we've yep. really been taking advantage of, the, of, of this, this uh, experience as much as we can. So yep. definitely right up there with one of my, my favorite things that I've done in, in combat sports so far. So here's here's kind of a question. So fighters from Dagestan, from Kurdistan, from a, a lot of Eastern countries have um, have really come to light. There's a guy whose name I can't pronounce who fought two times in the last three weeks. Uh, I oh. has met. I cannot. Has met. Yeah. That guy. Has um, 
what do you think it is about uh, some of these these uh, Eastern countries that that are there? There's a certain toughness uh, that comes with them. And um, so, yeah. my opinion on it is um, they don't have a whole lot there, right? All you have is to train, right? We are very blessed to live here right now, and the amount of things we have access to as a distraction is enormous, right? I couldn't buy an Xbox till I bought my first Xbox when I come to, came to the United States. You know, I didn't have 300 bucks sitting around for a console. So Eastern countries mainly are, are lacking economy, you know? So the, there's less distraction for the kids. They can play more outside and they can train more. It's, Speaking about Pakistan, I mean, I've seen footage of that place. There's nothing there. They have houses made of mud, right? And they're in the middle of the mountains up there. So all they got is to train and healthy lifestyle as much as they can. So that's my kind of opinion where that, uh, where that strength and endurance comes out of is just you know, eating right and training all of their lives, which is what they do, you know, as wrestlers. And I'm not saying um, that there isn't such thing here in the United States, you know, but again, some of those Eastern countries are much smaller than the United States. we got 350 million people here, right? And we come up with some of the best athletes there are in the world of sport. Not, you know, not to speak about NBA, about, um, about boxing, Roy Mayweather, you know, about some of that stuff. America definitely is up on top. But, uh, you know, from those, speaking of those countries that are poor, and I think the reason why those people are so tough is just they really don't have a whole lot of option except to be tough. Well, when it comes down to, when it comes down to, uh, you know, where people actually find strength, it's always through the struggle. You can't actually create strength without actually having struggle. So if you have more struggle, you're going to have more strength. That's what it is. Mental toughness and physical toughness. I mean, these people are some of the toughest people on the planet because literally fighting for their lives sometimes every day. So, I like to say the same thing about wrestling in Alaska. That's kind of why you have such, such hard wrestlers and such hard grapplers. Um, guys like Austin Vanderzant. Uh, Liz Clay, Sean Babbitt, because there's nothing else to do in the winter but try to kill your best friend. So, yeah. you know, if, if you've got two hours of sunlight uh, a day, you know, like you don't have a lot of time to play around and screw around. But if you're into wrestling, if you're into kickboxing, if you're into to fighting or jujitsu in the winter, you have the perfect opportunity to train because nobody else has anything to do either. It's too cold to go snow machining. It's, it's 20 below, 30 below. What else are you going to do but try and strangle your buddy? Yeah, that's true. Um, how, would you, um, how would you describe the training uh, in, in Anchorage versus the, the training back in Serbia? The, the biggest um, difference? Better gym more quality uh, training, I would say, just because of better access to higher quality equipment. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I did not do back in Serbia, so I, it's, it's hard for me to compare it. But overall, just um, better funded 
gyms have better access to, you know, different things. And that's some of the things we were lacking sometimes growing up. And of course, I, I didn't have money to go cross train in, in, in a different gym and do strength and conditioning, which is what I do right now with elite sports performance in town. I mean, I've spent, I don't know, a couple of few thousand dollars a year through, you know, just doing strength and conditioning over at Elite Sports Performance. And I really enjoy it. They've been taking great care of me there. So after this fight, what do you think is your next step? Next step is uh, lining up a fight in the UFC, possibly going down to Fight Island. Um, so, you know, if I get an opportunity to go to Serbia to visit my family, I would love to do that. Um, and just go back to Alaska, start training, getting ready, and uh, back to work. I'm at Kendall Toyota of Anchorage. I sell cars. Um, I'm, I'm going to keep working probably, hopefully, a little less than I used to because I used to put 50-plus hours a week and still train sometimes twice a day. Um, so hopefully, you know, put it down to 30-ish hours a week and have all my time for training and recovery because eventually I'm going to be a full-time fighter and, you know, it takes one good fight to become one. So that's about what I have planned out. So to kind of get off topic, but not really, you've been cutting weight, you've been dieting, you've been preparing for this fight, getting down to 155, uh, 156 uh, as the eventual goal. What's going to be the first thing you eat after the fight? Uh, it depends on the doctor, Dr. Matteo. Uh, he's a nutritionist. Uh, he's a uh, he's a doctor of um, pharmacy and nutrition. So basically, he's got everything planned out already. All we do is just follow what he says. In the morning, I'll wake up, have two gallons of water through the day with 15 pinches of salt, and then I'll have three different meals. Whether it's 10 ounce salmon um, for lunch, and then eight ounce chicken for dinner, then breakfast. Today looked like a protein shake and a full avocado with some salt and oil, um, extra virgin olive oil. So, you know, some nuts through the day and almost no carbs. Uh, and then as, as soon as we are done with the weight cut, uh, I am assuming that we are going to eat plenty of carbs because that's where my main, you know, source of energy is, is carbohydrates. Well, I mean, I mean, like after the fight, like I'm not saying oh, after you after shotgun a milkshake after the weigh-in. No, no, I mean, but when you get to pig out again, like what do you, oh, what do you think? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, where do I start? Like, I mean, I'm probably gonna be going at least three to five times a, a day into the restaurants to eat. You know, so that's my plan to go breakfast and have a huge breakfast snacks in between ice creams um, 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 lunch of course again back in a restaurant some sushi or something like that and then going again some snacks and desserts for you know between the between dinner and lunch and then for dinner probably steak or pasta or pizzas or i mean there's a tru truffle pizza i tried here last time i was here um I, I need to go back to that place. I need to eat that truffle pizza. Like there, I've got, yeah, there's quite a few things that I, I, I don't really think about it just because it makes me, you know, 
I don't like to think about what what's going to happen. It just I'm, it makes me hungry. It makes me want to eat. I you know I can I can smell that food just by thinking about it. Like I was telling him sometimes when it, in you know in the midday when I get pretty hungry, uh, my 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 sense of smell it just it's it's like animal. Like I could smell and tell different foods and spices sometimes just by walking into a room and different people are eating different things, I could just smell what it is. And, you know, and I'm sure it would be same with anybody who's fasting or hungry, right? Your senses are, that's, you know, it's just in our DNA as living beings, you know, as we were, you know, growing and in our DNA, looking for food, you're hungry, your senses are magnified, you know, you are hunting and, that's just something that I found that it's pretty intriguing. Okay. Yeah, he'll definitely be hunting for some pizza and some ice cream. Yes. Yes. I will be on the hunt for food for 24 seven for those next three, four days that I'll be staying in Vegas after the fight. Um, let's see if I, if there were any other questions. Um, all right. So I you have to ask the Fight Club question when he gets back. Yes, uh, no, I'm here. I'm here. I can hear you. All right. So it's it's the Fight Club question, my friend. Um, any celebrity, uh, living or dead, a character, fictional or or real, if you could fight one person, who would it be and why? You don't even have to. Oh, fight that's a. That's a tough one. So am I getting paid for it, or it's just for just for the joy of fighting? I was liked what he said. It's like uh, Abraham Lincoln got the reach, man. Got the reach. So he you also know, wrestled. So like, so to to be fair, Abe Lincoln wrestled. So if you're gonna, I mean, not only was Lincoln rangy, but he could shoot for a double. Damn, I'm, uh, that's a that's a good question. Um, who would I fight if I could? I can't. Yeah, I don't want to get political, so I'm not gonna go that way. You don't have um, to. Shit. Yeah. How, yeah, that's a tough question. Who? You want to slap Van Dam across his face? You know? I mean, I just to say you yeah. landed a, a spinning heel kick on uh, yeah. on Van Dam. I don't know. Or or you know you kick. Steven Seagal in the leg and gravy starts flaring out, you know? You yeah. get Steven Seagal with the front kick that he taught uh, Anderson Silva. I, <laughs> I taught him that. Um, I mean, at this point, I'd probably choose Conor McGregor. I just don't like the guy that much. I re very much liked him coming up as a fighter. Um, at this point of his career, I'm not a big fan. I honestly don't think he's that good of a fighter. He definitely was coming up as very good fighter, but he did have some very good matchups in his favor. Um, and that's normal and part of the sport. And that's something every fighter wished for himself. Uh, but he did have some tough matchups that he also proved that he is that caliber of a fighter. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I'm just not a fan anymore and I'd like to uh I see him as competition I'm hoping he is not going to retire by the time I'm up there which is another you know year or two where I'm planning to get up to the top game and be ranked and then work on B 
being able to challenge some of the guys that are in top game, which is kind of my goal for right now. Okay. Uh, Jared, same question. Oh, man. And you were talking about presidents, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, man, he, he was tough. Did, 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 did boxing, did everything like that. Teddy, Teddy would be a great one. Oh, man. Um, it would have been great to get my ass kicked by Bruce Lee. That would be great. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah, a good so, one, yeah. You know, just, a, yeah, just incredible Bruce Lee. I'm pretty fan. sure you would. You would it, 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 well, he's only 100, yeah. 132 pounds. I weigh 180 yeah, pounds. Yeah. I, I'd have to stay But and also, it's a, it's a different MMA. Yeah. It's a different fighting. Like, we've, we've definitely advanced yeah. so much as fighters since the Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. He kind of implemented the MMA. Yeah, so... Uh, I, I would say that, but like I got a list of boxers, you know, like uh, there's a bunch of people that I would have enjoyed to actually share the ring with it. Like Willie Pep is one of my favorite fighters. Uh, I would love to do that so he could dance circles around me and I couldn't find him and he just beats the shit out of me. I don't know why I'm saying everybody that could kick the shit out of me. I'm, I think it'd be better if I could kick the shit out of somebody else. Um, uh, going into it, uh, I have some favorite, like only type fighters, uh, uh, Smart Payakarun. Uh, would probably be one of those. He's one of the guys that I'd love to go to Thailand and train with. Uh, and but he was one of the the greatest uh, Muay Thai uh, practitioners ever. And I I would love to 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 actually maybe have a fight with him or actually just even a spar. You know, and like that that would have been incredible. But Samar Payakarun is probably a big one. Uh, we're going into it. Uh, I would love to have bought Ramon Deckers. Uh, God, that would be an, also another one. I'm a huge fan of uh, Diamond Deckers. Uh, Rob Kamen, yeah, you know, like is still you have the opportunity eventually maybe to get a chance to train with him. Uh, sadly, uh, uh, Ramon Decker's passed away, but you know that that would have been one of the great things to it. But I, I would I would put it onto that Bruce Lee, Smart Payakaroon, Ramon Decker's, and probably Rob Kamen. So you know, I, I have a list. So yeah. we just line them up and they can just start kicking my ass one after another. So now who would you train with? Seeing is, uh, yeah, like we, we went over who you would fight. Who would you like to train with? You want him to answer first yes. or me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who would you like to train with? Um, who would I like to train with? Um, and are there any particular techniques you would like to learn from them? That's a good question. So there is, um, Yeah, there's quite a few people I'd like to train with. I mean, Floyd Mayweather to begin with. Oh, I can make that happen. Yeah, he's he's I definitely he's definitely uh, made a significant change in sport of boxing as far as longevity and 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 not getting hit in the head. Um, or his father, which which taught him, you know, most of the things. Um, that's kind of where I would start with as far as striking goes. Um. Uh, what's his name? John Danaher. Oh, oh yeah. John, John Danaher would be a great one. Yeah, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. uh, scientist. Yeah. John Danaher. Um, I'd love to spend some time training with him, and I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. I mean, eventually, when I when I settle down as a UFC fighter, then I'll be able to visit different gyms and talk to some of the people and train with some of the people that I'd like to. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Phil Daru, he's a strength and conditioning coach over at American Top Team, or at least he used to be. Now he has his own Phil Daru strength and conditioning. Some of those coaches from Fight Camp Conditioning that I've been following, I'd like to work with. Uh, there's quite a few of them. They kind of got the whole thing down to the notch about, you know, 
little things when it comes to cutting weight and, and, and um, energy usage, energy sources. Um, those are some of the people I'd like to train with. Um, Manny Pacquiao, of course. If somebody can teach me about softball boxing, it's him, you know. Um, I like Tyson Fury. I'm a fan. Now, there's not a lot of fighters I'm a fan, but uh, Tyson Fury would be one of them. He's he's natural. He's uh, charismatic. Uh, he's got the he's got the personality. He's got the fight in him. He's got the heart. Um, he made a good career out of it. He's beat everybody pretty much. Um, he has gone through some tough times after getting on top of the world, you know. Uh, he's definitely got some valuable lessons to share, uh, which I would love to hear about. Um, trying to think. That's, uh, that's about it. I mean, I'm sure I'll think of more people. That's always after the interview. Yeah. Or after the, <laughs> I, I after the podcast. I, I understand. Like, I, I have, like, uh, we'll get off the line and I'll have, like, 100 questions that I should have asked. Um, I, I would like to ask you about Tony Ferguson. Because mm. you are a, a taller, lightweight, um, is, has uh, the style of El Kikui been anything that you've noticed or paid attention to? Uh, particularly uh, I, work with the elbows. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I would uh, – I think I would do well against him. Um, he is very unorthodox, but um, he's there to be hit. Yeah, he's definitely there to be hit. I think I've got pretty good punching power. Uh, it would not take too much. But then again, the main thing I'd be concerned with is is his gas tank. Is that man just keeps coming forward no matter what kind of dump truck hits him. So uh, I'm not very impressed with the way he fights but then again he's a, such a wild card that I do enjoy watching him fight because I mean you never know what's going to happen any second he can just do some kind of weird shit and knock people out and he's definitely very 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 tough so eventually I'm pretty sure he's going to be around for a while eventually I would like to cross sports with El Kukui. Um Do you have a favorite fighter to watch? It's a good question. It would probably be Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, I do very much enjoy him. He changed the sport, like one of the people we talked about, like Floyd Mayweather, like uh, Manny Pacquiao. Like those are the people that kind of left a significant role, left a significant, you know, trace in 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 the in the sport of well, combat sports. So in this case, Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, I'm pretty sure he. Did much more than Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor is a showman, of course, uh, and that's what sells, especially for non-fighters, um, which is mainly uh, the most of the crowd that are that is watching. You know, those are non non-fighters that do enjoy sport, combat sports. So, my opinion as a fighter is that Khabib Nurmagomedov definitely left uh, more of a mark on the MMA as a sport itself. Uh, but Conor McGregor did popularize and got brought it to another level when it comes to economy status of fighters and, and, and the company. I mean, they did, what, 1.3 million pay-per-views on the last card. 
pay-per-view costs what 95 bucks and and some people have subscriptions so they pay 70 bucks let's say they made 100 million dollars um out-of-pocket stuff they might have 30 40 right you know paying all the fighters all the staff you know that's 60 mil for one fight card that's just you know throwing numbers out i don't know shit yeah, I don't know what it costs to, to, to put on an event. I know that it's got to be less expensive to do it on Fight Island than it would be to do it at the MGM Grand. Um, certainly, certainly you don't yeah. You hire all the extra security. You don't have to do all of the extra shit. You just have – you have a cage, and you have a dome over that cage, and you don't have to, you don't have to worry about feeding, you know, 13 or 20,000 people. Um, you've got to worry about feeding 13 or 20 people. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely different, but they do, you know, it's a, it's a lot more security to it right now. I mean, they've got we, every Uber driver that comes around, every driver that comes through, they, they, they have to, we have to let people know, they have to let them in. Everything is blocked out like a war zone. Yeah, we're kind of stuck in a fight island here in Vegas. We don't get to go out and do things like that. We're reserved to the hotel. So it's similar to what they're doing at Fight Island. Everything's a controlled entry. Everything has to be taken care of. Uh, currently, they're getting ready for multiple fight cards. There's one this Saturday, then there's the one on Tuesday, and then there's the one on next Saturday. So they have all those different fighters already in here, so you can't mingle back and forth. Uh, when we go to different places like the PI, have to be checked and checked and checked. So they're, they're, they're just doing a bang-up job on all this stuff. But, yeah, that definitely probably easier for them. That's the reason the Fight Island exists. It's definitely easier for them to do that there versus here. Here they have the Apex, which is beautiful. Uh, but it definitely has uh, logistically been kind of a crazy nightmare for them. But I, I cannot say enough on how much that they are taking care of everything and doing things the right way. So it, it's yeah. pretty impressive to see all the stuff that they're doing. Definitely amazing. I, I did not expect this. Nor did I. Um, just out of curiosity, where did they put you up? We're at the Residence Inn. It's a Marriott that's actually uh, not too far from like the PI and stuff like that. It's you know right by uh, uh, the highway where the the Las Vegas sign is um, uh, when you're coming into Vegas. Um, so it's 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 not too far from the Strip. It's not. I mean, you look out the window, we could actually see stuff like Mandalay Bay and stuff like that. So it's, it's just off the Strip. So it's across I-15. Uh, yeah, we're on Dean Martin Drive, yeah, yeah, right there, Russell and Dean Martin Drive. So we're we're not too far off of everything. But they, the UFCs actually uh, took over the entire hotel. There's nothing in this hotel other than UFC personnel, fighters, coaches, uh, people that are supporting the UFC. There's nobody else that could be inside this hotel. Yeah. yeah last time that I spent the night in Vegas, I was at like the Budget Inn next to the Circus Circus. So. Uh, if you can avoid that place for your own health and safety, um, I would recommend. Yeah, UFC is taking care of us a little bit better than the budget end. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. They are definitely not on a budget when it comes no. to this stuff. No, they are sparing no expenses. Um, okay, so um, yeah, do you have any sponsors that you would like to give a shout out to? Any support? Uh, certainly, I have a. Uh, Dr. Trevor at Movement Clinic has been taking care, taking great care of me. Any injury I had, um, any, any. Is that Trevor too? Yes. I've not met him yet. I, yeah. I've, I've talked to him like online. I'd like to he's, him Yeah, you should definitely check him yeah. out. He's, 
he's working with a lot of athletes in different sports. I have seen him work with some famous Canadian hockey players, some local Alaskans that have gone to college hockey and some some pretty well-known athletes in the sport of hockey and then some mountain bikers, some runners, marathon runners. He he is definitely doing a great job. Um, moving forward in career, I would definitely have him by my side. Um, I really like him as a person and I like him as a doctor. Uh, he takes very good care of me and uh, I would use this opportunity definitely to say hello and then whoever has opportunity to check him out, they should because his office is amazing. He's got a super nice dog in there that's roaming around all the time and I love seeing his dog. Um, uh, his staff is very nice. Um, so yeah, very, very, very good and clean office. I mean, he's got pretty good space with probably six plus rooms for massage. Massages have been done by Veronica and she does amazing job. I have had some issues with my back and my shoulder and she's been working on that and, and it's definitely helped quite a bit. Mm. Um, Jared, of course, he's been helping me out as much as he can. Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. Uh, Anchorage Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu they they're definitely by my side since day one um i owe him and them everything you know to all this that we've gone this far they definitely they have taken a huge part and a role played a big role in all this um uh tristan and steve do my meal preps uh for the most part through the the week um, they Did help they come me out up with, with a, a, a company name for them yet? I don't think they have. Uh, that's something they privately do for themselves, and I'm included there. And the, Steve is a black belt in our gym. Uh, Tristan is also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and the police officer. Um, she is very educated in nutrition and uh, eating healthy. She helps me with my daily, you know, meal prep giving me advice on what I should and should not eat. And, and it definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things. It helped me figure out some of the things that I'm doing right or wrong and, and the amount of food actually that I need for my body. Uh, she kind of opened up my eyes on that because she would give me different portions of it through the week. And then I realized that for some part, when I was cooking by myself, I don't really need that much food. You know, I would just, you know, eat, more than I need, uh, which is not bad. I do enjoy food. I, there's, I still have not found food that I didn't like. I did not try any of the bats and I don't have uh, plans to do so. Um, the Asian Chinese bats, I, I'm, I'm gonna skip on that, but there's no food that I, that I, that I didn't like yet. And, and, and I'm big on that. So I just need to get my portions down to the size um that being said if there's anybody that would like to sponsor euros the dr medich uh make sure you please get a hold of us and get a hold of them and try yeah. and get a uh, very good person to actually uh, uh, put your banner behind so if there's anybody else they would like to actually you know be able to sponsor and actually help out this gentleman throughout his journey in this career that'd be fantastic so Thank you. Yeah, I, I haven't thought about that but yeah we're always open to you know talking about that kind of stuff advertising and you know, whoever is interested in helping out, I would be more than happy to return the favor any way I can. Okay. 
Um, yeah. So you heard that at home, listeners who have businesses that want to get behind somebody and support them who's doing really, really good things. This is your opportunity. I know. Got your Alaskan Serbian right here, man. Yeah. Alaskerbian. Uh, I like it. I like fine. it. We'll have to start. Serb Alaskan. I don't know. Serb Alaskan. I don't know which one's better. Yeah, we'll fine. have to make a poll. Sounds royal. Like, I am um yeah so shit man thank you so much for your time by the oh, way oh yeah thank you thank you for reaching out to us um while we're on the on the sort of the topic of the the chinese wet markets because th that's something that we've talked about on the podcast because it's kind of been a topic to talk about um is there anything from the wet market an exotic meat or something that you would like to try personally i'd really like to try a koala burger i know there's <laughs> animals <laughs> But I think like a koala burger might be the. They look like they'd be a delicious animal. Huh. Interesting. They, um, I have eucalyptus. They're they're herbivores, so the meat would probably be pretty. It have some some good natural earth. You know, not like some grain fed cow. Yeah, I'd be interested in trying some of the wild game from from Africa that I uh, didn't have ever opportunity to. Uh, probably something in the family of uh, deer or something like that. Something that jumps, not a giraffe or elephant. I, I like those animals. I like wouldn't. Gazelle. I mean, if, yeah. if lions are going to fuck up gazelles like that, then they've got to be pretty delicious. Yeah. 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 That, that so, much effort put forth. You, you got to think you got to be tasting pretty good, right? Yeah. I tried frog legs. I did enjoy that. Um, they're, uh, yeah, they're pretty sweet and, 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 if I was served and not told, probably would have think it was chicken, depending on how seasoned it was. Of course, I tried moose and black bear. Thanks to my f uh, friend Trent, he's a hunter. I uh, helped him set up some of the bear baits this this summer, and that was fun. It was a fun experience. I, I'm going to hope to get into some more hunting down the road. Um, probably not bear, but uh, something like caribou or 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 moose or um i had mountain goat that was pretty delicious i do like mountain goats though i like how friendly they are i i don't think i would hunt them like <laughs> ma ma yeah mountain goats are one of those animals that will come up to you and be like who the hell are you in the mountains right and that's something i do appreciate so i would probably stay away i'm sure they're delicious i have had goats growing up in serbia and um goat sheep you know, pigs, chickens, that's kind of what we eat. It's a, a lot of meat-based diet. Um, so I'm sure it's very delicious, and I would not be opposed to trying it, but I wouldn't hunt it myself just because I do appreciate that uh, kind face they have. Yeah, like I, I went to Thailand, and there was a bunch of weird shit that I had to try, but I, I guess I grew up eating a lot of dirt, so it had to be covered, you know? So I went there, it just ah, didn't bother me at all. But <laughs> to try and things like, you know, uh, grasshoppers and shit like that over Damn, there and yeah. get on a stick. You know, going to some of those markets in Thailand was, was pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I tried, tried some different insects that I didn't think would taste very good, but they were pretty good. You put a little chili sauce on them, man, it was great. I miss donor kebabs. Ah, there, there you go. Yeah. Oh, did, did you hear about Spangolem? 
I just, uh, yeah, I just read about this closing down Spangdalem Air Force Base. Closing down Spangdalem, man. Yeah, so they'd taken an 11,000 personnel going. At, he, he was in Germany. Mm-hmm. I was in Germany for five years, and I was at Spangdalem Air Force Base. Been there for 75 years. But, like, we exactly. started training. We, uh, he and I started training with some of the same people. In fact, the yeah. event that I was escorted out of for being too drunk, he organized uh, a bus trip to. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a funny small world, huh? That's wild. <laughs> Sorry, my little girl's waving at me. Okay, good, good, good. All right, yeah. good. She's good people. I like her. Mm-hmm. We'll keep her around. Mm-hmm. Um. Jared, thank you so much for your time. Sir, whose name I'm going to butcher, so I'm not going to... Go ahead. Give it a shot. Everybody everybody have an accent, and I am totally used to it. Nope. I'm not even... <laughs> All right. It's Urosh. 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 Yes. Urosh. There we go. Urosh. Yes. My last name is Medich. It would be a little Urich easier to pronounce. Urosh Medich. Yes. You say it together. It's not so bad. Urosh Medich. All right. Now... See, if- Close enough. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate we'll that. Um, if folks want to follow you on Instagram, how do they do that? Do you have So any- it would be at MedicU, M E D I C U. All right. My go. last name, Medic or Medic. Right. And my first name starts with U. It would be at M E D I C U. That's uh, where I post a lot of my stuff and a lot of my outdoor stuff that I do in Alaska. I do really appreciate Alaska and what it has to offer. It's definitely been a wild ride these five years. Who would know? Well, it's crazy. We started I'm, glad, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you're enjoying it, and I'm glad you're doing something with the opportunities presented to you. Uh, I look forward to seeing you when you get back. Yeah. Thank you so much for Looking your time. forward to meeting you, all right? Thank you so much for reaching out to us. As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company, license 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators, license 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway, 12156 Kenai Spur Highway, Kenai, Alaska, 99611.